Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everyone's doing well. Now, some of you guys have written in about a certain subject, and we're going to talk about it today. Now, for those of you who want to write into the show, uh, you can write into romantictruthpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm backslash romantictruth backslash messages, or you can go and just follow the link from the podcast and it will take you there. We're also on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. Please like and subscribe or follow. We would appreciate it. We'd like for you to follow and subscribe to the podcast. And we're on all platforms. Amazon, uh, Spotify, Apple. So iHeartRadio, we're on all of them. So make sure you do. Okay, folks, um, fellas. There are three main categories where women will definitely try to utilize your skill sets. Some of you have probably experienced this already. You meet a lady, you think she's interested in you, she's kind of enthusiastic, but kind of lukewarm with the enthusiasm, and she's doing enough just to lead you on, just to find out what you do for a living. In other words, you're having a romantic interest in her, but she doesn't quite see you at that level with her. She does, She's already looked at you for those 30 seconds and said to herself, nope, I can't see myself with him in a relationship. But I'll hear him out. This is something that a lot of men face and this is fueling the frustration of some men and they don't realize it. Fellas, when a woman gets to a point of cutting to the chase and asking you what do you do for a living, What she wants to find out is what she can use you for. And usually there are three main categories. Home repair, automobile repair, or some sort of computer technology repair interface. Now if you're in a profession such as legal profession, medical profession, she may even go there. Now, what usually happens with these women, but if you're a lawyer or a doctor, she's going to put you in a different status because there she's more or less looking for you based on that status, the lifestyle. However, we're talking mainly working class type women for the most part. In other words, that 80% of people that don't make $100,000 a year annually. So what that means primarily is this. They will go and be nice to you, do the PR, the uh uh-huh, it's nice that, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Well, you know, right now I'm not really looking for a serious relationship. 
but by the way, let me let me get your name. Um, do you have a business card? Oh no. Oh, well, what do you do for a living? Uh, oh, I'm a plumber. Oh, my first name is Robert. Oh, Robert. Okay. And she puts plumber in your last name. And then she wants to find out your phone number. Now, when she's asking for your phone number, some women will tell you up front that, hey, you know, if I need my plumbing fix, I'll call you. Others are not going to do that. They're going to leave you implying that there's a good possibility you still have a chance at the relationship. Those kind of women are going to use you more than likely for your profession. They're going to show a romantic interest far enough where you are going to be so happy to be with them that you can't wait until they call you. The problem with many of these women, they aren't going to call you until they need you for that specific purpose. A lot of you guys who worked in the tech industry, fixed computers, built computers, sold computers, worked on technology, you know what I'm talking about because you get inundated with these folks all the time. And depending on the person, they have different approaches. You have some women who will say, okay, well, you know, I'll pay you. They may look for a discount. But they're looking for some way to actually compensate you without sleeping with you. Now, what that means primarily is that when they are compensating you for your work, they might do something like take you to dinner, go out to dinner with you. I've seen it where a guy was so happy one time, I never forget a guy I worked with. He wanted to be in the presence of this lady, but the problem was her agenda was to use him. And this idiot, unfortunately, wound up taking her to dinner, paying for dinner, providing the repairs on her system where she he had bought all the parts for and everything. And she walked away without spending one dime. They have a computer fixed. And she had a dinner with the guy. And the minute the guy tried to make his move on her, she let him know, uh-uh. Now, we're not, it's not that kind of party. Fellas, you got to watch out for that. A lot of you guys who don't have the interpersonal skills, a lot of you gamma males, who may make a lot of money in the IT field or technical field, but you don't have the interpersonal skills in order to get along with women or talk to women, be careful on that because you get used a lot doing that. That is one method. Now, you'll also run across the poor woman. And this lady is accustomed to using her vagina as a debit or credit card. Yes, folks and ladies, I know you're pissed off about this, but there are some women out there who literally do this. They do it with mechanics, they do it with home repair, they do it with IT services. I've seen it done, I've had it offered to me a plenty of time. When I had my computer business, there was a lady, and I thought she was doing very well for herself, because she was ordering all these different things. And during that time, it wasn't like it is now where you have more integrated systems. You had to buy the sound card separately, the video card separately, motherboard and all of that. And put everything together. She won dual processors on this new system. It was uh, Intel, I think it was a 200 dual Pentium with MMX. That was a technology back then that was really popular. And did all of this and what she did when it 
came down and I told her everything was done. She made it a point as I was finishing up on the computer, she went and changed clothes. This woman only had on a robe and of course the belt around it, the waist, and then she had where her thigh was sticking out so I could definitely see completely up her crotch. And she asked me how much did I owe her? And I told her what the price was for the parts and everything. And she says, okay, let me go in uh, my checkbook. She said, come on and follow me. Had me to follow her in the bedroom. She bent over, got a full view underneath the robe because it was short. And she looked back at me and I guess she thought that that was gonna probably compensate. And she said, well, you know, I don't know. You're gonna have to hold the check until next week or else you can collect now. And that's when she unfastened the bow in the front of her robe and started smiling. I took the check that was out in her hand. I said, well, what I'll do is I'll hold on to this till next week. And if it bounces, I'm coming for you for the amount. After that, I can't tell you how frigid our interaction was. The check did clear. Never got called back her, by her again. And you'll run across things like this, but you have to be kind of used to understanding where they're going with it. I've seen women give up pussy for break jobs, for alternators being installed, starters being installed, struts, shocks, it depends on the woman. They have different ways in order to do this. Now, the one thing that I will tell you folks is this. Keep in mind that if you get to a point where you're just going to go out and do this and just have pussy as your collection agency, so to speak, please understand one thing. Once one person finds out that you're doing that, these women will spread it out to other women. And you're just going to be going in the hole. Now, some guys actually do this on the regular because they get the parts for almost nothing. However, if you want to be looking for a relationship, don't get involved in that loop because that's what it is. And then what happens sometimes, they will try to start a relationship with you, on the other hand, where some are not necessarily worried about paying you, but they want to be that friend that's going to call you up at all kinds of hours. And basically, you know why they're calling you. They're only calling you for that specific purpose, because that's the way they're accustomed to dealing with people on a regular basis. And please understand one thing, you're not special with them. You're not getting ahead in the relationship with them. They're calling you specifically to use you for free. The answer is no. Shut it down. And here's the thing. This is one thing you can always do that will end that. Well, look, you know, before I help you with anything, we need to fuck. That will stop that immediately. Because they don't plan on going sleeping with you. They wanted you where they thought that you are in awe of them enough that they can now walk over you. Don't allow yourself to get to that point. 
because when you've done that, she then looks at it from the standpoint, well, since I got away with this, I could go and upgrade and buy this new system. And then still I have this friend that I can call and I could just use at will. And these people have no conscience. They don't care about any kind of thing that has to do with you as far as your feelings. They can care less about your emotional intelligence. They just want their stuff fixed and they will use a relationship in order to get that accomplished. Like I told you, people will repurpose relationships for other purposes than what it's designed for. So please understand that when they go on these dating sites, some of these people are looking for people to use just for that purpose. Men and women will do it. Some of you ladies have been hit up with that. Paralegals, nurses, where they will go and act like they're interested in you, but really what they want to do is to see if they can get a prescription filled or to see if they can have some legal paperwork done. And they only contact you when they need you for that and some pussy. Some of you ladies have gone through that. You've written in about it. So these are certain things that take place. And it's a form of usury that's really reprehensible. Now you have others who will pay. Now those who will pay you, they specifically want a discount usually, or they want something itemized. Now here's the thing with that fellas, ladies. Please have an invoice for them. Don't let it be verbal. If you're going to, if you're doing a business or something like that, have an invoice. Itemize it and show them exactly what's going on. See, what people like to do when it's verbal is to add things on. Now, they want to quote, get you to quote them a price early on, and then they want to add on this other shit afterwards, and then get upset with you because they don't want to pay you now because they've added shit on there that you didn't agree to in the beginning. So what I'm telling you is to make sure that you got that all in order before you try dealing with it. Especially you people in small business. Trust me, these people will sue you sometimes because of the thing is they feel as though it was verbal and I'm going to take them to court because he took my money and I was supposed to have done X, Y, he was supposed to have done X, Y, Z, and he didn't do it. They'll try to run that argument. I'm just telling you, for your own protection, have it in writing. And don't mix your feelings with business. And a lot of people use relationships to have that morph. Emotions and business mixed together. Don't do that. Now I guarantee you, what I've just told you will be on TikTok in a video within the next 24 hours. Reason being, somebody's going to go and they say, I don't have any content. Damn, here we go. Let me go and use this. Always happens. But what I'm telling you is this for sure. Another thing you have to realize is that when you're dealing with someone that has this kind of mindset, this is probably the way they treat people in relationships that they're really interested in. What I mean by that, these people are common when it comes down to doing one thing. They believe in compartmentalizing people. So take for instance, they have a boyfriend who's an IT specialist. 
Well, she may not go to him for her IT business. She may go to a guy that she already has dated before or still has the ambiance of wanting to be with her. And he's her tech guy. And the reason why she would do something like this is because she can go and be mean to him. But if her man did it for her, who has the same credentials in some cases, even more credentials than the guy that she was messing around with in the past. She doesn't want to actually show her anger towards the one she loves. So she goes externally. And he becomes the whipping boy. So, fellas, word to the wise. When that relationship breaks off, it breaks off. You don't have her do rollbacks talking about coming back and uh, maybe I could take you to lunch if you work on my computer or something like that. Have a caveat. And I mean, be just be brass with it. If, we, if I fix your computer, we fuck it. That right there will end that conversation. Usually. Because the one thing that they don't want to do is have sex with you or be with you in the first place. They want to use you. And by cutting it off, that's one less person that's trying to use you in your life. This is to help you guys because a lot of you have written in about this particular problem. Now, if you're doing anything around a woman's house or ladies, if you're doing any kind of legal thing for a guy such as paralegal work, bringing him some kind of prescriptions that was uh, signed off by the doctor or something like that, you're taking on a liability. You might not want to do that. That puts you in a bad place. Fellas, same thing. Especially if you're doing any kind of contractor work, any kind of thing around the house that she's trying to cut corners on and you fuck around and mess up her house or mess up her apartment, uh, yeah, she, that very woman that you thought you were going to be kissing, she's going to be suing you. So please be very mindful of that. Don't get involved in anything like that. If you do approach it from a business perspective, make sure you have a company or make sure you have some reputable means and as well as insurance to cover you. Because I'm telling you, you might think you're doing a favor. She's looking at it as a business transaction. A lot of men get stuck that way. So I hope this helps you. Because I can tell you, I've seen people stuck like this before. You don't want to be that guy. If it's something like she says, I hear you're a general contractor. Yeah, you know, I need to have uh, some work done on my roof. Now... You may be a general, but you may not specialize in something like that. Refer her to somebody else. If you don't have an expertise in it, don't do it. Just don't get involved. Because you'll run across those that are trying to cut corners. Now, we're going to talk about another aspect of this in the next segment of this. All right, as we covered before, we talked about guys watching out for being used. Ladies, you can also be used as well. Some guys try to do it with your automobile. So take for instance, 
you have something like a timing belt that goes out, which is pretty serious. And for those of you who don't know, a timing belt in a vehicle was an ingenious <laughs> thought of some engineer that to make the car run a little bit quieter, instead of using what is called a timing chain, which was a lot more sturdy, or cogs, which Ford used on some of the Mustangs, they decided to use a belt to make it a little bit quieter. The only problem was around every six or 70,000 miles, you had to change that belt because the teeth on the belt, they would break off. And if they would break off, what would happen then, the engine would probably slip or miss a resolution, which means that your valves and your pistons would probably collide. And if that were to happen, then you would probably have a whole bunch of bent valves. And you would hope that you didn't do too much damage to the pistons, which are at the bottom of the engine. This meant that you had to have the head, which is where the valves are housed, taken off and resurfaced and completely redone. Very expensive. Now, here's the problem. A lot of people would go through that process and then after they had it put back on the vehicle you had a real tight sealed top end with the valves and everything a lot of pressure so take for instance the car had like 60 or 70 thousand miles on it well the bottom half of that engine will still have that 60 or 7 thousand 70 thousand miles on it and it has not really uh, been as tight as the top because the top was just resurfaced redone so some people would drive the car and then all of a sudden the bottom end would blow out. In other words, the piston rings, that kind of thing would happen. Now, usually most people would sell their vehicle after that was done, after they got a head job on the vehicle. No pun intended. And that was called a short block. Long block meant they had the top and the lower portion of the engine carriage done completely re redone that's like a rebuilt engine and with that that's a whole different ball game now the reason why I'm telling you this is because some women have run into a situation where maybe they had lost their time belt. this is one lady I knew of and she took it to the shop and the guy asked her are you interested in selling the car or keeping the car and she was like well I want to keep the car because I'm almost done making the payments on it she was like 39 months in on a 48 month contract she was had a Nissan Sentra at the time 1.5 liter and he says okay here's the thing if you want to keep the car let me give you your options he said your options are you could rebuild the whole engine that means the top and the bottom or you could go and get a used engine and put in there. He says, but if you go and get the top done only, he says, I can't really guarantee you because of the miles on it that the bottom end is going to hold up. So it's like if you're going to sell the car, I'd recommend a short block. If you're going to keep it, I'd recommend a long block. Well, there was a difference. Short block would have run up about $600 to $700. Long block would have been more or less like close to $3,000. Well, naturally, she said, I want the short block. He said, are you sure? She said, yes. 
after he had explained everything to her. Well, she got the car back and he had done the work she had paid him. About 10,000 miles later, engine blows complete. She's coming back, she's angry, she wants to sue. And she doesn't understand because she had paid that money that the engine would hold up. But she forgot the considerations he told her that could happen. And of course, she walked around saying she got ripped off. And when she came to me and explained to me exactly what was going on and I talked to the guy, I said, no, you were the fool. He gave you the option and told you, if you want to keep the car, it's best to have both of the reworks matched by getting a rebuilt engine or getting a used engine where you had the same wear on the same parts. But if you had one part of that engine that was rebuilt and the other one was not, the weaker portion of the engine, of course, was going to give way first. And once I explained it to her, she understood. She was still pissed off. And eventually what I told her was to get a used engine, put in there, and sell the car. Which eventually she did. Now, it depends on the individual and depends on the situation you're faced with. Now, of course, she could have probably had a long back block done and then got the car, sold the engine, but the, I mean, sold the car, but the cheapest way at the time, buy a $600 engine, put it in there as opposed to paying close to 3000 to have the whole engine done again. And then she sold as is. She lost money on the car, but at least she got rid of it. Now, what I'm getting at, ladies, is this, and I know that was kind of long for many of you. What it comes down to is this. There are some men out there that will take advantage of you. This guy was honest with it. But there are a lot of guys out there that will literally take advantage of you. And the reason why they're doing this is because they're trying to get you dependent on them. You know the guy that says he's going to fix your brakes and he's taking a month to do it, two months to do it, but yet you're still driving around in that car and you're hearing that sound when you're stopping at the intersections? For this reason, you don't want to procrastinate with something like that because that's your life. So you always want to make sure you never become overly dependent for a man when it comes down to your vehicle. Take it to the shop. Yes, it's going to cost you money. Yes, it's going to take it to the shop. If he's trying to prove his manhood like he's a mechanic, and usually a lot of these guys are shade tree, they may go in there and try to do something and before you know it, they messed your car up worse than it was if you would have taken it somewhere else. Take your vehicle somewhere where they would be responsible, somewhere that's reputable. So you don't run into the problem of, well, honey, you know, I'm gonna fix the car. And before you know it, you got an argument and he gets mad. Now your car is down and you got to catch the bus and you're making car payments and you still got to still pay for the part and get the car. Don't go through that mess. You don't want to be captive in that situation. So make sure you're always in a position 
where you're not vulnerable there because there's some guys that want to hang you up on that nail it could be something as simple as a radiator hose or a fan belt and they're going to try to make it out of this huge project and what they're trying to do is they're trying to buy time so they can see if they can move in on you these are the guys that will tell you oh don't worry about it I'll get to it I'll fix it blah 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 a guy who's genuinely going to do that for you boom he's out there fixing it bam you're done that's the guy that wants to win you over the guy that wants to bullshit you he's gonna take his time he probably doesn't even know what he's doing he's probably going to go and get a Chilton's manual and read up on the thing himself Don't have an amateur do a professional job. I'm telling you. That's the reason why I tell you folks not to be cheap on the therapy. If you need therapy, you need marriage counseling, go to a professional, someone who's licensed in your state community. Don't mess around with the cheap stuff because you're cheating yourself. And I know money's tight, but let me tell you something. You're worth it. You're definitely worth it. Now, something else for you guys. And as I said, check with your professionals, whether it's your mechanic or whomever. Everybody's situation is different. You guys, in particular, if you're dealing with a woman who's a paralegal and she's volunteering to help you with your child support papers and all that stuff, you may appreciate her efforts. Have a lawyer look over your items before you submit anything to court. Just to help you. Even though she said she's been doing something 20, 30, 40 years. Guess what? As with anything else, somebody could do things for a long period of time and still do it wrong. Just because they've done it for a long period of time doesn't mean they've done it right. There were companies I worked for where people would say, well, you know, we've been doing it this way for the longest. And then it's funny, when I would come in and the managers would say, well, we need someone who has a better set of eyes to look at things and see how things could be changed and then we'd have the meetings and then we'd find out why are they doing all of this when they don't have to why are they still dealing with the old networks when they don't have to it's cheaper more efficient and when we would roll out the new network we're talking about something like from instance a pure IP network over one that was IPS SPX. IPX SPX. Old systems these people had set up. And they had to go through these rituals of printing and processing data and all of that. Where they could just have everything have an IP address and be done with it. And having to wait for this person to print it. When one person printed on the network, it slowed everybody down. They had to wait until this person person finished printing. But see, this is the way they were accustomed to doing things. 
And a lot of times when you're implementing change, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in the workplace, people are resistant. They're going to fight it. They don't want that change. Because if you gave them that change, that's something new they have to learn. And then they, what do they feel? Everything that they've learned is invalid. They feel as though they don't have any clout anymore. They don't have any understanding anymore. They feel displaced. They feel obsolete. In change management, what you have to do is to take that insecurity and turn it on its head where you show them, hey, what you've already acquired is cool. We're just going to modify it a bit. And by doing so, you're not letting them feel, out, feel like they're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. So they don't feel so devalued. The problem you run into, just like in relationship, is that resistance to change. They don't want to hear it. They've been doing it this way, and that's the way it's going to be. And you wonder why these people wind up in relationships, out of relationships, in relationships, out of relationships, and why their relationships go nowhere. It's because they're doing the same old routine. You know, it's like when they get to argue, and it's the same cycle of argument. They argue, they break up, they get mad, they come back. They argue, they get mad, they break up, come back. Well, one party will eventually get tired of that shit. And they're going to say, you keep going in that circle, I'm moving on with my life. Well, the same way is true in training. Once that person gets tired of that, they move on. And they outgrow that individual. And we saw this in the IT field a lot with people who took the training and went forward versus those who stayed in their position and liked the way things were. Those people were the first to get laid off. Those people were the first to wind up retiring early without the benefit of some of the other people who stayed a little bit longer, maybe three, four, five years longer and got more benefits because they were uncomfortable with their environment. And you will have people that are like that. But one thing to keep in mind, if you're dealing with someone, when it comes down to professional things, I highly recommend going to a professional, whether you're a man or a woman, as opposed to depending on your lover or someone else. Now, true enough, you can get a referral or recommendation from your partner that may be in a certain profession, such as a nurse, doctor, or whatever. But you don't want to be necessarily putting them under the gun for helping you out. It's like a doctor. If his wife would get into a car accident, they wouldn't recommend that he operates on his own wife because there's an emotional connection there. The same thing with business. So you have to learn how to separate the two and not conflate them because when you do that, you're going to mess yourself up. Because that emotional side of you will always fuck you up. Your logic is what saves you. That's what cleans you up. The criminal, he's emotional when he commits the crime. He becomes logical when he gets caught and he's talking to his attorney. Because he knows he's looking at time. He's got to be responsible at that point. This is the way it works in life. We have those good feelings. Then after we fuck up, oh, we become logical quickly. We start thinking about the consequences. But while we're fucking up, we don't care. Because, see, you got to remember, in life, you only have a few fucks not to give. And then after you run out of I don't give a fucks, 
The only thing that's left is the reality of you gonna have to give a fuck now. You gonna have to take some shit and you gonna have to take some fucks from other people. And we don't like going through that sometimes. Now, another thing you guys have written in about in particular, getting with someone because of their profession. I highly don't recommend this. I know you want ladies to be with a lawyer, a doctor, someone like that. I got it. But here's the problem that many of you run into. Some of these folks are not as, um, how could I best say it, well-rounded or polished as you think they are. They're humans, just like anyone else. And what that means is they're going to have human flaws just like other people. And a lot of times you think that because you have now dated up or married up, that you got someone that's going to have superior morals or anything else. Not the case. People are people, and it's very diverse, and people are the same no matter what, whether they have a degree or whether they don't. But what you have to look at, there are some characteristics they may have that may differentiate themselves from others. So don't use that as a measuring stick as far as careers. You know, it was funny, a friend of mine, he was in the Navy when I was in the Marine Corps. And he was getting ready to go back to, he was going to Annapolis to become an officer. And he was talking about staying in the Navy. And he wanted to know whether or not I was going to stay in the Marine Corps. I said, no, after I do my three years, I am done. Not that I hated the service, but I knew that um, it was not a thing that I aspired to do as far as career. And one thing he told me was, and I thought this was kind of interesting. He said, I want to go back, I want to go to Annapolis. Well, he was from Maryland. He said, I want to go to Annapolis so I can become a midshipman and get all of the women and all of the class. I said, you're going to go through all of that for women? And he said, well, you know, that's part of it. And it was a big part of it for him. What he wanted to do was become a naval aviator. He wanted to become a pilot. Well, eventually, he became, uh, I think it was, the guy that sits in the back of the plane and pretty he's like a navigator. He didn't become the primary pilot. I would gotten out of the service he was still in, and he would send me, you know, postcards that was a thing that we used to have back then from different parts of the world where it was and everything and he had you know pictures of different women that he was with and every happy as I don't know what but the problem was all of the women he wound up with only wanted him for his profession and wound up getting married three or four times but he was a very empty person because that was his premise. He thought that he had to go out and get this career so he could attract women that would want him. Folks, let me tell you something. The biggest threat you'll ever have, believe it or not, 
is when you're wealthy and successful. When you are, as you are now, 80% of you, working to middle class, you don't have to worry about a lot of things. When you become wealthy, people come around you that are not necessarily in your best interest, and the only reason why they're there is for your money, for your success, for the benefit that they could reap off of you for being wealthy. But what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of these wealthy folks have to maintain that lifestyle because your expenses go up just as your lifestyle does. It doesn't decrease. Um, you're not going to wind up going to the Dollar General or 99 cent store and you have the notoriety of being someone of status. Not because it's beneath you, you might want to go to those places, but it's that if you go to those places, you know damn well you got a lot of things to deal with. And so what this means, people are going to come to you that don't really warrant being around you. And then people are going to make you feel guilty about, oh, well, why didn't you give me this? And then you might have given them something. And then they look at it from the standpoint, okay, I fucked that up, give me more. Ask Oprah Winfrey. Ask any of these celebrities. Ask many of these NBA players, NFL players that have made money. We used to have clients that used to come into our brokerage and they would talk about, these folks didn't give a shit about me before I made money. And now that I have it, how do I manage it? And then we would try to tell them, hey, take 20% of it and put it in a foundation trust. After that 20% is gone, that's all you're giving anyone. I'd have them open up three trusts. We'd have a corporate trust, a revocable living trust, and a foundation trust. The attorneys would take care of all of that with them. And their family members would get pissed. They'd go fuck up the money, they want more. They'd go fuck up the money again, they want more. And at some point, you have to cut the tap off. As you know, when I talk about Monica, I let her know from the first day we were together, I only make $820 a month as a corporal in E4 in the Marine Corps. That's what I made when I met her. This woman was a multimillionaire. She's the one who chose me. I didn't choose her. I was at the ATM getting ready to deposit my little bullshit money that was left over after my father had passed away. She was the one that took me to lunch. She was the one that found an interest in me. And what I let her know was, even though I appreciated her interest in me, I'm out of my league with you, lady. I only make $8.20 a month. Your rings are worth more than everything I've earned in my whole life. But here was the thing that I appreciated about her. She never once threw that in my face. We got a chance to know each other as people. And the money was irrelevant. She never walked around one time and talked about she was wearing Gucci or whatever, even though she was wearing it. She never bragged about it. Never once. Or anyone in her circles 
because they were used to money. People who are not, they're going to always brag about the name of something. Poor people always do that. People that want to be rich always do that. The wealthy never do that. They never even talk about money because they have it. And guess what else they don't do? They don't allow that to become the catalyst of their existence. The reason being, they look for other things in life besides that. So it's a whole different mindset. It's just like poor people that really don't know they're poor. They don't care about the money. It's all about themselves. But see, we're pushed in our society because of what we see and not understand the mechanics behind it. I was talking to a friend the other night and she was telling me, oh, you know, so-and-so wore a nice dress on the red carpet. I said, you know, she'll probably have to return that dress after the event. Oh, you mean she doesn't own it? More than likely not. Those limousines, she thought they owned those. They're an Oscar. No, those are leased by the studio. They want the people to look nice because they're trying to get more people in the seats for their movies that they were in. Those diamonds have to be returned after the show. They're, they don't, the actors and stuff, they don't own those. Because it's about the image and that's what sells in America. They are trying to make you feel less than you are. That's what commercials are designed to do. I used to help produce them. So that's how I know. We try to make you feel like shit because you don't have something. That's the reason why the guy is in the BMW with the convertible top, driving with the blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman on the side with her hair flowing in the wind, and you're sitting there as a working-class guy feeling like shit driving a Ford Taurus with rust on the back. It's to sell you an image of giving you the hope of looking like you're successful even if you're not. That's what America does. It's a big-ass show. That's how capitalism is. You got to remember, and I'm not going to get philosophical with you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. This country was not founded for freedom. It was founded to make money by the United Kingdom. It was a colony to make money. The only thing that happened, people who could afford to think on the level of democracy said, hey, why don't we do this? Instead of sending England those taxes and all that money and having to deal with the Church of England and all the rest, let's keep this for ourselves. And this is what happened. And this is where we are today. People will value money over people. Think I'm lying? If an airline, if in the airline industry is an example, if they wanted to make a plane that was foolproof and safe, where it wouldn't fall or crash out of the sky, they could do it, but here's the reason why they won't. It's going to cost too much. You couldn't afford the tickets for that flight. And therefore, they're looking at it, well, we could afford to lose X number of folks based on that premise. It will cost too much. See, life has a price. 
and people have a price in this country. That's just the way it goes. You know, one rule of thumb I would tell you guys is this. If a person has a price to do something that will take their dignity, it may not be the person for you. That may not be the person for you. And this is what you have to watch because see, some people, once they have that price, they're willing to sacrifice everything associated with them for it. And it's all for naught. Because see, what you have to realize, a lot of those people that have quote-unquote made it, many of them live lonely lives. They're empty. They can't really trust anybody. They go out and they start talking to somebody and then once the person realize, realizes that they, they got resources, what's going to happen? All of the illnesses and all of the, well, I wouldn't say illnesses, but ailments of their lives, such as lack of income, those kind of things are going to come to the forefront. And then what do people do after they have found somebody that is successful and wealthy? Oh, then they want you to help other people. These very other people that didn't do shit for you are them, really. But it's their guilt. And then you have these people that try to give back. Many of them do. But the problem is, and many times when you're trying to give back, people take. Look at what happened with the game when he moved back to the hood. He learned his lesson. A lot of people will. That's the reason why when these people are wealthy, they leave those communities. They have to, or else everything's taken from them. There will never be a person on the face of this earth that can go and solve the problems of people that are poor as far as financial issues. It will never happen. Because what you have to remember is the mindset of the people outweighs the reality of what they could do for themselves. And that's the problem with many. Because there are some people that are just sitting there waiting for someone to come into a relationship with them and take them off their feet. Fellas, how many women have you have encountered that are sitting there waiting for Prince Charming on that fucking horse? That's because their dads, moms, have groomed them to that way based on what society has set for expectations. So when these girls go and see Cinderella and all of these other shows, they have that mindset that, oh, maybe that's the way life really is. And here's the thing. When the dad plays the role of making the daughter the princess, meaning that she gets a diamond ring when she graduates from high school, she gets a brand new car. Meanwhile, the wife still has that half-carat diamond that he bought her 25 years ago. She's still driving a used car. And the daughter has everything brand new. What does mama do? Mama gets upset with daughter, but she doesn't want to say it, but it's a passive aggressive anger. How's this little bitch getting all this shit now? And I've been with this man for God knows how many years created this girl, and I don't get what she has. People don't want to look at that, but that's the reality. And a lot of you guys don't know why your wife want to fuck around on you. 
is one of the main reasons. So, what it comes down to, in essence, you're going to have to temper yourselves and really reevaluate your situation, where you are in life, your status, and what's valuable to you. We just explored a few things that um, I wanted to address. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, one question I got from Craig. I don't have much money, and I'm just wondering, why would a woman want to be with a dude like me? I only make about $30,000 a year. I live in Las Vegas, and I'm seriously thinking about going to the Philippines to start my life over again. I'm 37 years old, and I feel like a failure. Craig, Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, Craig, a lot of men feel the same way you do. Because what they've done, they have linked their self-worth to their income, or lack thereof. And it's kind of sad, because a lot of these young men don't feel like they're worth anything. You see, when you have a passion for something, Craig, no matter what it is, you're going to eventually allow it to evolve into something positive. And the reason why it's going to happen is because as you do it, you're going to gain your confidence, momentum, a passion for it, and guess what? You're going to want it to be successful. You're not successful working for someone else at $30,000 a year as you see it. Okay, we get that. You could be successful at doing nothing but something that you have a passion for. And you can still make it work. Look at this show. Five years ago, I started it with nothing. And I still have total control over the show. I don't have to worry about yielding the sponsors, that kind of thing. I can talk about any subject I want to on this show. And what I'm getting at is this. When you get to a point in life where you can actually be proud of what you've accomplished and not necessarily tie monetary value to it, it's going to have value as you go on. Because the thing is, you're going to do it so well until it's going to attract attention. You don't worry about that. You worry more about longevity than you do about immediate gratification. The problem you have now, even with a lot of these podcasters that are out there, they're doing this for immediate gratification. They want a whole bunch of likes and a whole bunch of money coming in from sponsorships. Because they want to be a millionaire. But here's the thing. When you do something and it has a passion behind it, and you're doing something in order to incrementally and gradually 
get gratification for yourself only. You don't care what anyone else thinks. What's going to eventually happen? It's going to yield fruit. Think about Michael Dell, the guy who was building computers in dormitory rooms. And you know, you had the naysayers, the people, that, man, why are you wasting your time? Look at the Dell Corporation now. Bill Gates went to Harvard, got what he needed, dropped out of school, got the IBM modules from IBM land manager, the concept at least. But he was very good with conceptualizing things and was able to structure windows. Good man. See, what you have to realize, there were even people going to Harvard to drop out to try to be like him, which was really stupid because he had a vision. They didn't. What they had was a following. You see, what you have to remember, whenever you're a pioneer or a leader in something, guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to brag about it, talk about how good you are. You just do it. That was one thing I agreed with Phil Knight about that term from Nike. Just do it makes a lot of sense. Because you have a lot of people pontificating all the things they want to do and signing all these million dollar contracts and all this stuff. Well, that's nice for the future for aspirational goals. What are you doing tangibly in order to get there? And why would money be at the end of the rainbow for you? Your happiness should be. Your happiness will yield the money. Trust me. It will happen. But a lot of times, you put so much pressure on your success horizon that it sets you back. And it's undue pressure, unnecessary pressure. And the reason why it's so unnecessary is because a lot of times you may have these goals and have these timelines based on someone else's success and not your own. Think about all those guys that went to Harvard and dropped out because Bill Gates did the same thing. Or Zuckerberg. What we have to realize is that that was their success at their time. So Craig, one thing that I would tell you more so than anything is to not allow yourself to get to a point where you're measuring yourself by somebody else's yardstick. Your fulfillment and happiness will propel you forward. It will do that. Why do you think a lot of artists who make it, who are successful, may be horrible at bookkeeping? They may be horrible at business, but they make wonderful music. It's because their passion is into it. Their focus is into it. And they might have neglected those other areas of life 
So they know the music, but not the business, for instance. That's understandable. So don't kick yourself because of 30K a year. Now, you talk about uh, going to the Philippines. How would you finance your lifestyle there? Unless you're retired on like Social Security or something like that, and by the way, Social Security will follow you pretty much anywhere in the world you go. So if you get on it, you can go and travel and live in other countries. But here's the thing. You have to decide on where you're going to be. That's going to be important. How are you going to afford to live there? Philippines... You could probably make it on about, if you're making at least $1,500 a month, you can make it in the Philippines. Pretty good. Depending on where you lived. Now, as with any place in the world, you're going to spend more in more populated areas, more affluent areas. Pretty much just like the United States in many ways. Now, probably won't have any snow on the mountains there. But you have, you know, mountainous areas that may be a little more expensive. So it depends on where you want to live. Baguio City, um, places like uh, Makati, mm, Manila, Zambales. Um, depends on where you want to go, Mindanao. And you got to be careful in Mindanao. Um, from when I was there, there were certain areas in Mindanao and Negros Occidental where if you were a lighter-skinned person, you were not welcome so much. Yeah, they uh, had that going on for some reason. And plus, they don't like a lot of foreigners and outsiders in certain areas. So you got to be very careful. So this would be something where you would literally have to learn a new culture, a new language, a uh, new way of life. Now, I love the Philippines. And... I really love when the women started, they start talking in Tagalog. And then they don't have words for like microwave or something like that in Tagalog because the language is so old. So you'll hear blah, 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 washing machine, blah, 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 microwave. It is like, okay. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. Now, this dovetails into another subject matter people that are in their 50s and men especially you will find more of an attractive environment for you more welcoming there than you would here for the most part in the states and here's why one of the main reasons we devalue age in this country, men and women. And men, of course, are discarded first. A lot of the women now are going for younger men. A lot of older men are being left on the side of the road. And so some of these older men are looking at going to places like the Philippines, Thailand, and so forth. I personally would go to the Philippines over all of them. And 
the one thing to keep in mind as far as I'm talking about Asia, and as far as Europe, hmm, probably Sweden and Finland. But here's the thing. Iceland, I can't keep Iceland out either. But here's the thing. In the Philippines, for instance, if you're going to go there as a man, 50 plus, a lot of those women are looking for stable, emotionally stable men who are settled, who are not going out there trying to sleep with every female on the street. They already hip to the passport bros that are going over there trying to fuck the women, have parties and that kind of thing. Yeah, those guys are going to usually wind up in the clubs, they're going to wind up in places like Manila, they're going to wind up just going there, having a good time, and then coming back to the States. Those women are not interested in them. And these are younger women. These are not older women. These are not women in their 40s and 50s. These are women more in their late 20s and 30s. Remember what I told you about how women in their late 20s start to get serious about life? Because they've already made those mistakes and now they're trying to straighten that shit out. Or they're trying to get serious about life. Those are the women that many of these men in their 50s and up are running into in the Philippines. Now, there are plenty older women there that are definitely game and interested in them also. But see, just like anywhere else, you gotta determine what kind of young lady you're gonna deal with. If you're looking for that woman that's just gonna be up there and she's looking for an opportunity to come to the States, She's more than likely going to be younger. She's more than likely going to be under the age of 29. Doesn't always have to be that way, but usually it's about that. Because those are the women that are looking for a lot of the military guys, a lot of the guys who are wealthy, and they want to come to the States and they want to start a new life. Now, another thing. In some cases, the parents may put them up to trying to find a younger man. In that sense, to take them back to the States so that they could remit money back to the country. I told you one thing that I used to see when I was in service. Guys would marry these girls, usually white guys. They get to the States, stay with the guy, have an affair with the black guy, because that's a lot of times that's what they wanted to experiment or be with. And then when they get a chance to get the divorce, they would do it. I would see this a lot. And then there were some that, you know, didn't want to date black guys at all because they based it on money. I remember in the Philippines, there was one lady who told me, I don't date black men. You guys are broke in America. I get a white man, I make money, I live better. And not only that, I'm better than you. You run across that. Now, sad for her, she never got brought over because the guys that were with her figured out what she was about and they fucked her and left her. Now, you'll run across that too. 
So it's just like anywhere else. So there's no panacea. There's no Valhalla moment. There's no place where you're going to magically go over there and the streets are going to be paved with gold. But one thing, a lot of guys are doing that because the women, culturally, they're a little bit more settled. You'll find that many of them have traditions. Many of them are fun to be around, family-oriented people. And not only that, you will probably have a laughing moment before a tense moment with them because things are not put in the context like it is here where it's always pressure. And this is one of the things that, unfortunately for many men here, is problematic for them. Now, there are a lot of women that would like to say, oh, you guys are just going over there to get some pussy. Yes, some guys are. But there are a lot of women over there that are not so into material things. And this is one of the things, and there are some that are. But this is one thing that we have to come to grips with. Because you got material girls right here in the States. You got girls that or women that will marry you in order to finance the rest of their family right here in America. So when we look at women overseas, a lot of women would like to say, well, you know, they're poor and they just want to come here and get rich. Hell, there are people here in this country that want to do the same damn thing who were born here. So you can't make that determination. It's the same crop of crap. And we would like, in order to have some valid argument where we could point the finger and say, those people, no, we can't. We can't, because the same thing that they're trying to separate over there is the same thing that exists here. The only difference is they're in a different part of the world. Now, another thing too is this. Some of these guys would not have the chance to date a doctor in the States. Take Princess Craig at 30000 a year. A doctor, lawyer, or someone of prominence probably wouldn't look at him twice because of his income here in the States. Well, he can go to the Philippines and wind up in those same circles with lawyers and doctors or whomever they consider popular or wealthy at the time. That's the distinction. But if you're not going with that deficit in recognition and attention, you don't miss it. And as long as you don't miss it, you can go forward and enjoy life. See, we spend too much time in America, for the most part, focusing on becoming wealthy, owning a business, owning a house, owning, owning, owning. And what it comes down to, you're trying to get to that panacea, that goal that the people who founded this country had. 
and that was wealth. And what do you get? The pursuit of happiness. You get the American dream that's running away from your ass and you're trying to catch it, chasing your dream. If it was your dream, it would have stopped and said, here I am. If it was your woman, guess what she will do? She wants you to kind of chase her, but she doesn't want you sweaty and musty and running out of breath. So she's going to slow up so you can catch up a bit because she wants you to chase her enough in order to engage her, but not enough where you give up on her. If you're chasing a dream and that dream is running away from you, it wasn't your dream in the first place. That's just the way it is. So take your time. You don't have to rush through life. You better enjoy it. Because I'm telling you, the worst thing in the world you can do is to fuck around and get a certain age and you're laying there in the hospital and you're hearing that damn EKG machine and you pissed off at yourself because you really feel as though you haven't fulfilled your life's goal. You haven't really lived. You haven't really done something that you really enjoy doing. And the fucked up thing is, you look at it and you say, well, I tried to get rich and I worked all these jobs and I put away all this money. Mm. That's a hell of a thing. Or think about those people who became wealthy and then they found out they had a terminal illness and never got a chance to enjoy the money. And you fucked your life off in that pursuit. So, what I'm saying to you in essence out of all of this, be mindful, be vigilant, start living your life when you can. What that means is now. Because a lot of you will say, well, I can't. I got kids. I got this. I got that. Well, you got to remember, those decisions you those decisions you made had consequences. You have now suffered the consequences of those decisions. And you should be comfortable with the decisions you made. Now, how are you going to work your way where you're going to be able to sustain yourself. I get people all the time, oh, you're just talking platitudes. What do I need to do? Give you a fucking instruction manual to show you how to live your life? That's not my job. Sometimes you could take some of the words of a person, the wisdom from and the experience from an individual and use them to your own benefit. If somebody's got to take you by the hand and wipe your ass in order to show you how to live your life, you're in pathetic shape. You're really in pathetic shape. You should never be in that position. Not even for yourself. Because that means that everybody that you encounter in life can influence you in a way and use you at will. And who wants that? It's foolishness. Quit being a damn robot. Because many of you live your lives like that. You got to be led by some leader. You need to be your own. And it needs to begin with you. 
as a person. Leadership does not involve going and copying somebody's content, going on TikTok or whatever and try to act like you're the last authority on life. It's actually applying it to yourself, not others. Everything that I tell you on this podcast, I've already applied to my own life. That's the reason why I can talk about it. Because if I did not, what would be the use of sharing it? What would be the use of sharing these experiences that I've had? I've had these experiences, not for some kind of, oh, I'm going to go out there and have all these war stories. I was going out there because I had a wonderful life. Those 30 plus years out there on the dating scene. Yes, I had some really fucked up times I went through. I had to deal with some feelings. I had some good times. I had some indifferent times. But one thing that I realized, I decided not to drink the Kool-Aid of going through life, trying to pursue wealth, status, fame, or whatever, and let that dictate how I existed on this planet. Because when you do that, and you realize, what would it be for anyway? Why am I doing this? What all of that came to was, I'm thankful that my parents validated me when I was younger, and then I was able to validate myself. So I never had to go through life with that sense of not being validated, except for one aspect. And that was being recognized as a human being, but that had more to do with my birth certificate. For those of you who don't know, my birth certificate in Mississippi said Negro Chapel. I was more concerned about being a human being, but then I was a child then, but it had an impact on me. Well, here's the thing you have to understand too. No matter where you start in life, it could get better. It could get better. You see, your mind is going to be the most important thing to you in life, more than money, more than anything else in the world. That place, it makes your heart beat. It makes your blood flow. It puts you in a place where it's up to you to decide how you're going to be successful or what you want to do in life. But the one thing that you don't do, you don't lead with trying to be successful. You lead with your passion. Your passion will make you successful. And the reason how that, let me tell you how that works. When you can do something and you can do it very well with little effort and it's enjoyable to do it, it's not like you're working at it. It's natural. And then before you know it, people are noticing and they're saying, damn, you know, you should do this. And then that gives you that encouragement, that positive feedback, that intestinal fortitude that you will come up with in order to go forward and say, hey, you know what? Okay, but you're not getting the big head, but you're realizing that you have a talent in that particular area. But here's the thing I would also warn you about. 
don't focus on that one thing. See if you have talents in other aspects of your life. Before my vision went, I could draw very well, extremely well. And it was just a thing that I could do. I could see something and literally take my hand and coordinate my hand with my eyes to what I saw. And I liked drawing people. I thought it was very interesting. And then eventually, I got down the mechanics of it by taking classes and drawing to understand my talent and to better put it in a certain category so I could recognize by comparison of what I need to do compared to what those rudimentary skill sets I had with it. I knew how proportionality about the head. For instance, the head of a person. And for the shoulders, it would be two sizes of the head. And then you learn how to draw the torso and sort of a beef action. And you learn about the angles. And then you'll learn about the joints you use circles for. And then you use triangles for the legs, for the arms, for the framework of the artwork. Then you would actually go and overlay things such as the skin, then the hair. But it was just something I had. Now, my mother and father couldn't draw worth a lick. My mom could play the hell out of a piano. She could sing. She was a great orator. Dad was a thinker. Very wise man. Learned a lot from him. So those talents, I was able to pull from my parents. And then there was this burning desire that had a lot to do with the fact that I wasn't identified as anybody. Negro chattel. That right there in itself started firing me to do better. I want to be recognized as a human being. So, there was a lot of things going on there. But enough about me. It's about you, the listener. That's who this show is about. So, Craig, again, I tell you, you don't have to go to the Philippines for validation. Take your time. Get yourself together, and if you so desire to go there, at least go into your terms where you're not sitting there asking anyone for anything. You're going there, and you're dictating how things go for you. You don't have to go there on your knees. You can go there on your feet. We'll talk more in just a moment. All right, folks, so we're going to end this by telling you this. Pursue your happiness over material gain. Here's why. Happiness, less stress. Material gain, competition, stress. And guess what? There's a possibility you may not be happy in the process, even if you become successful. You see, with happiness 
as you're pursuing your endeavors, whatever they are. The one thing you have at your advantage is this. If you become successful, guess what happens? You have happiness and money or success and fame or whatever you're looking for. If you're going for success only, notoriety, validation, you may get it but not be happy with it because you're so focused on that. Your happiness should be first. And then you should ask yourself, how do I de define happiness? Write it down. Write down a descriptive form of happiness on a legal pad, how you interpret happiness. And then after you've done that, go on Google and look at the definition of happiness. How close have you come? Have an idea. You could ask multiple friends of yours how to define happiness. You could ask your partner. See how close you guys come to your definitions. Your partner may have a whole different interpretation. I will never forget, Monica and I did that. And we were describing happiness to each other. I told her about the fulfillment of life, etc., etc., and I went on and on and on. And she says, you know, I have some of the same sentiments, except for one thing. And I said, what's that? She says, I want to move back to Sicily and I want you to go with me. Uh-uh. But outside of that, overall, it's interesting to see how your partner thinks about that word. It would be a good topic of conversation for you guys to go into. How you define it, what it is. You can start that. That'd be a good first date uh, hot button topic of conversation. Defining it as you guys see it. The one thing you want to do on the first date, just to go in that direction for just a moment, don't start talking about superficial shit. Fellas, if she starts talking about how much money you make an hour, what kind of job, end the day. And you don't have no time for that shit. Because she's in a needs-based relationship. And when I said needs-based, I'm not talking about the good need. I'm talking about she's probably in a crisis situation and she's looking at how can you bail me out of this. Ladies, if he starts complaining about his baby mama a lot, and he's living with it. He's getting ready to ask you for a place to stay. <laughs> I'm telling you now. My baby mama acting up and hell, I don't even want to sleep with her no more. We're not going to have any more kids, blah, 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 blah. Don't go in there and volunteer. Unless you know what the rest are. But some of you get so desperate for dick, just like men get desperate for pussy, you'll go for it. Now, Sharon writes the following. Is it really true that men actually look at women first sexually before they look at them intellectually and for any other reason? And Sharon, you're here in Las Vegas, and the answer is, yes, they do. 
as men, we look at it from the standpoint that what we want to get out of the deal is the woman that has the physical framework that we're looking for. Because we may not get all the other components associated with it. We may not get the person that's considerate or the person that we may can trust or love. So we want to get that portion out of it right at least. Now, the reason why we do this in particular is because, believe it or not, it's a safety mechanism for some men to keep them from cheating, going out of the relationship. Or at least physically, I got the woman I want, so no matter what, I could deal with her bullshit, I could deal with it back and forth, but she's someone I don't mind screwing, I don't mind making love to. That's the way they look at it. Others will just go on and say, well, you know, she's showing me attention and I haven't had attention shown to me by women in a while, so let me go on and hop on this uh, attention wagon. And the downside to this for guys who think this way is that, unfortunately, this woman is looking at it from the standpoint that she wants something like a relationship and she's putting her all in it. He's dragging his feet in a half-assed manner because she's not really who he wants. But she's convenient right now, and that's who he'll deal with. And that's where the problems come in in those relationships. And a lot of you ladies wonder why this guy's so lackluster, why he's actually cheating with other women and looking at other women. You see, the one thing that... Let me explain something because this comes up a lot. The one thing that a lot of women fail to realize, and ladies, as you know, I try to help you as much as I can. Ladies, let me tell you something. Sometimes you think that it's an all-in thing with you where you're going to be this woman that's going to be everything to this man. You cannot be. Please understand that. You cannot be every desire this man wants out of a woman. You're going to be on percentages, just like he is with you. Because you know damn well you don't get the man you want 100%. But some of you ladies think you are that to that man. Now, let me tell you something else with that. That means that sexually, emotionally, you may not feel that void for him. I can't tell you how many friends I've had that have wound up dating and marrying women that they knew were not suitable for them, but they were convenient. The guy went along with it. Oh man, you know, old girl, I might as well go ahead and get with her. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had been rejected by a lot of women, and this is the first one that showed them some attention, the one that said, okay, I think I could deal with you. And he's all in for it. But it's only temporary because the way he looks at it is I'm dealing with old girl and, you know, she's nice and everything, but she's not what I want. And then before you know it, a lot of them wound up cheating on her, cheating on the women because they were not there for them. They were not the person for them. It wasn't a fault of the woman, but it was a fault of those guys making that decision based on that premise. 
because you have some people that approach relationships long term and marriages just like they're getting ready to screw their next partner and that's it they treat a marriage long-term relationship just like a dating arrangement snapshot of the moment now what this means is that a lot of these women will get into these what I call submarine relationships submarine relationships are those where the woman takes a deep dive in that relationship and she doesn't come up until after she's divorced or broken up and when she comes up she's looking to get another one to go back under and stay into a long-term relationship with and a lot of these women are frustrated because they have gone 12 13 14 years even more in these relationships and never really had an exposure in order to have fun they've been only in these relationships in these cocoons and these bubbles and they never really had a chance to breathe and to go out and interact and the sad thing about it they'll wait until they get older now all of a sudden they'll be in their 50s or 60s and now they want to live so the next relationship they get into they want this guy to take them all over the world and they want to do all the things they never did before in these other relationships not his responsibility you should have been doing that your damn self throughout the whole time of your life. Whether you put your life on hold for kids, relationships, or whatever, that's on you. A lot of you guys need to realize this. This is the reason why I don't acknowledge bucket lists. You got a bucket list? I got a bucket list. Not interested. And this is what you guys are going to have to realize. Put your life on hold if you want to and wait until the very end. Now, are you trying to do all this shit within the last 20 years of your life? Please. You need to start planning better and structuring your life better and pursuing your happiness better for yourself. You're trying to stack that shit at the end? Good luck with that. And then you'll get the whole thing about how they struggled and starved and had to go through all the sacrifices for their kids. Whose fault is that? Yours. You don't get a fucking badge for going through struggles. People go through struggles all the time. You created that situation in your life. That was your decision. You need to suffer with the consequences of it because you made it. Don't blame society. Don't get mad. Don't talk about the father and all the others. That's your problem. You had the choice of choosing the right man to impregnate you. You had the choice of discriminating against the other men that didn't meet your standards, that could have been better men for you. You had the opportunity to choose how many children you had. You had the opportunity to decide when the relationship was going to end. All of these are choices and decisions you had and you chose to go the way you went put yourself in the situation you're in and now you want this guy later on in your life to go and correct all the wrongs in it from your fuck-ups. No, not his job. You will find, gentlemen, accountability is a big issue with women and ladies. This is one of the things and one of the reasons why a lot of these men are dating women in other countries because they have that component that a lot of American women may not want to be accountable for. 
And here's why. Because in our society, we have that give. Now, this doesn't apply to all American women, but there are a lot of women in other places where they held accountable and they are accountable. And that's another component that a lot of American women don't think about. Because many times they think that, oh, these guys are going over there because these women are easy or because they're traditional and they're going to go and be subservient, submissive and all this. Integrity and trust are two things that men look for. Accountability is definitely a third. And if we don't see that, uh, we're not interested. Like you look for stability in a man, we look for accountability in a woman. And if we don't see that, we're not investing in you. We'll take our chances in the Philippines. We'll take our chances in Brazil. We'll take our chances in other countries throughout the world. We'll take our chances even in our own country with women we could find that don't have that mindset. The problem with a lot of American women, I'm just going to be honest with you, a lot of you probably throw daggers at me. There are a group of women in this country that have this mindset that it can only go one way. And it's their way. There are a group of men who have that same mindset. And the problem is, the people who are the moderates, who are a little bit more flexible in their thinking, both men and women, who run across these people who are on the extremes, this is where the problem is. A lot of them will run across too many of the extremes, and then before you know it, they're looking elsewhere for people. And they kind of miss each other in the communications within their own group. This is one of the issues we face here. So you'll see African-American women say, I'm not dating any more black men. And she is praised by other black women. You go girl, you do it, you do it. But these very women that are clapping their hands, they don't have a white man. But they're hoping that this sister is successful. In other words, to show the other black men up. But see, black men don't have that kind of camaraderie. Black man gets with a white woman, okay, so what? We don't care. You don't have white people saying, good job, white woman. You got a white man, a black man. You don't see that. But that black man will get that angst from those black women about him being with a white woman, but cheer on the black woman with the white man. When guys see shit like that, they don't respect it. They're like, okay, well, I'll just fuck them and leave. That's the way these guys see things. And a lot of ladies don't. Again, they're not asking for perfection, ladies in general, no matter what race you are. What men are looking for is integrity, trust, and accountability. That's all they're looking for. And the package in which it's in. Now, that you can't control. No matter how much makeup, perfume, body shapers you wear, 
a guy has a certain mindset of the build of a woman that he likes. You can't do anything about that. Your DNA is determined what you're going to be, the way you're going to be shaped. So that right there leaves you subjected to whatever those desires are that he has physically. But after he's chosen you physically, he's looking for those three characteristics in you in order for you to be his woman. Very important to him. So he's looking for the physical characteristics, the integrity, trust, and accountability in you. You don't have, those women don't have to worry about keeping their man. That man is going to be there. The reason why he's going to be there, because he's benefiting from being with her. When your man doesn't trust you ladies, I'm telling you there's somebody else he does. But it ain't you. This is something you need to really think about before you get out there dating. If you're going to go out there and bullshit date, where you're just going to go meet these guys and have drinks and that's it, don't get mad if these guys never commit to you. Because they already see you're not serious. Some of you ladies will get rejected based on your physical appearance. Now, it's rude for a guy to tell you that. But some do. Oh, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too short. And the reason why they do that is to make themselves feel better in some kind of way. And also, in some ways, to cut you down because, believe it or not, his self-esteem may be so low that he thinks that's the only way he can get to know you. Is to by to make you feel bad about yourself and then he can come in and talk to you and try to chum you up a bit. In other words, gives you the backhand compliment first to try to break your self-esteem down and then try to build you back up. That's an old trick. Usually ugly old guys do that. I'm being honest with you on that. Guys that realize they don't have a chance to get a woman like that, especially if they do it with a woman who's very attractive. This is their way of trying to get in without necessarily going through the scrutiny of being in competition with other guys and trying to impress her. Oh, I'm not going to impress her, I'm going to try to depress her. And this is what they will try to do. Women do it all the time with men. Telling them they're not good enough, that kind of thing, and these guys fall for it. And then they wind up turning flips like they're in the circus for this lady. Fellas, if a woman finds you someone that she is really interested in and really is going to be with, let me tell you what happens. She's going to display those traits of integrity. She's going to ingratiate herself immediately to show you you can trust her. Or she's going to go out and do that. Accountability, yes, she's going to have that as well. Because, see, a woman who gets it, she already knows these things she has to go out and do. Especially those women that have been in successful relationships and marriages. They already know, let me display to this man that he can trust me, that I do the right things when he's not there, and that I'm accountable. And I'll admit when I'm wrong on something. Or admit when I'm right on something. And I will communicate with him 
and I will also be considerate of the communication, meaning that she, as a woman, is giving him respect. And these very same characteristics he's expecting, she's expecting out of him. And a man worth a damn has those, and he will yield them to her. And therefore, this is how these relationships are successful many times over. But here's the thing. It all begins, believe it or not, ladies, with that physical attraction. Now, if you're attracted to him, he's attracted to you, you're the body shape he wants, and he's the build you want, ladies, and then you both have that nexus of communication, consideration, and then you both show each other integrity. You show each other your trust. You show each other your accountability. And you show each other the communication, the consistency, and the respect. Then you guys go forward, and it works. Now, will it be trouble-free? Hell no. You're going to have arguments, disputes, all kind of things. But guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a fundamental glue that's going to solidify your relationship. Not to mention the friendship you established in the beginning. That's the familiarity and the camaraderie component of it. All of these things come full circle and encapsulate you in a relationship. But I strongly recommend you start out with a friendship first. That's the foundation of your relationship. Put the relationship on top of it. And then what you'll do as you evolve, you decide to have a family, get married, you put the family on top of the relationship. So you're laying it. Friendship, relationship, then family. But those are the building blocks that will help you the most. A lot of folks, they just want to go into it and hope for the best. And then after a while, that shit's unsuccessful. You get tired of doing that. You have all these bruises, scars, and knocks, and, and you're tired. But see, the one thing to keep in mind, if nothing else, like I said, these are some of the biggest responsibilities. Well, folks, I gotta go. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to, uh, of course, chime into the podcast. And um, that voice you hear in the background is my roommate speaking uh, like Elmo. I haven't figured out why. But anyway, um, she's so funny. It is um, time to go. So I wish you all the best. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, the podcast. And I'll talk to you on tomorrow, good people. Thank you so much for listening. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. 
Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artist to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.